Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. As we enter the final days before the NFL season kicks off, we give you a fresh recording with preseason cap-off takes, Colby's Coach Confidence Company, say that three times fast, and Jalen's QB Spinner, Part 2. So get ready for kickoff by sitting back and enjoying the show. Remain. Let's go. All right, Jalen, we are here. We are creeping towards football. We only have one more Sunday after this without football. The preseason is about to end here uh, in a few hours. And Jalen, Trey Lance is on the Dallas Cowboys. So my question to start out to you is, why and or what are your thoughts? It's so weird. Hmm. That is a great – all right, why and what is my thoughts on this? Okay. The why for this, I want to say, is – Maybe I've been hearing the general reception is people are just tired of that. Maybe, maybe they just want to get ready for the next stage. I don't know. Maybe they're not going to ride out and give them that contract extension. Uh, Cause they already gave them another one. They already gave them one. So I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think they're just preparing for the worst at this point, you know, but at the same time you have Cooper rush there still. I just saw his highlights not too long ago on the, on the YouTubes. And then it's like, man, well, was, I'm with you, Colby, because Cooper Rush balled out. And then last night, it was Will Greer, actually. Yeah, it was like the whole highlight was Will Greer got like four touchdowns last night against the Raiders. So, got him. It's, uh, which is crazy that Will Greer, something must have, the guest Trey Lance just sparked a fire underneath him. Well, you know? what did you see where they said they cut him, but they were going to let him play like the whole game so he would have a chance to see, if, show people what he could do, get picked up by someone? Oh, like, is that what happened? Yeah. They told oh. they said like before the game they're cutting him because now they have Trey Lance and they already have Cooper Rush. But they're like, we're gonna let him like this whole game so he can show what he can do and maybe someone will pick him off. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Fair. I mean, at least they told him ahead of time. Um but yeah, he I mean like for example, like that though, like now they're going like Will Greer going out on a big performance, but he's still got Cooper Rush there and everything. And now Trey Lance is uh He's the third man in, I guess. You know, another third man spot. Yeah, I mean, it, that's crazy. The Trey Lance story, and everyone's talked about it, so we don't have to go through it, but it's so wild that the Niners did all of that and then gave up on him that quickly. And honestly, like, it's – I mean, I'll do my coach rankings here in a bit, coach confidence rankings. It reflects very poorly on Shanahan and John Lynch – they're lucky that they still have their jobs. They botched it this bad. They got incredibly lucky that they managed to get Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft somehow. And as long as he holds up with his elbow, they're going to probably still be good and get out of this pretty okay. But that this was a ridiculous failure. The Trey Lance thing, I mean, congratulations to you for being right on Trey Lance, even though I still think he could be good since, you know, he played four time, four games one was in a monsoon, and one he broke his leg. Um, but, yeah, that's just an all-time botching by the Niners. And what I was going to say is, like, when I get to my coach things, like, 
this takes a like this kind of takes Shanahan down a little bit, in my opinion. Like his in a, his the how bad he botched this, like that that reflects badly on him as a coach. Like as great as his system is and everything, like I I, tr- I had him a little lower than I probably would have because of this. I mean, yeah, I, I'm shaking my head in agreement. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you uh, recognized the take of Trey Lance finally. I mean, you've been on that take for a little bit now. Let's not say finally. But uh, for him, I mean, I want to say this too. For Trey Lance, Cole, it's not over for him. I mean, look at Ben DiNucci. I mean, he, they're in the same spot now. And I think uh, Ben, he's got a little more experience thanks to the XFL. And he's uh, he's taking the grittier route. But you know what? I want to I wanna say that when this comes down to the 49ers, though, and the staff that they have and everything like that, gonna be interesting when we talk about Kyle Shanahan because he's still a great guy and this seems like Sam Darnold seems to be their backup plan and everything and when you say that they have to rely on Brock Purdy and his elbow I think Sam Darnold will be good enough for them especially the way the 49ers are that's not a good place to be no I know (laughs) but if you say they could play fine this is uh this is probably all they're gonna ask from Sam Darnold is can you play it's good enough, you know, to get the ball to these uh, star players. Yeah, I hope we don't see that. But, uh, I mean, there's so much around him, it's hard to think he couldn't at least be okay. Um, but, man, he is Sam Darnold. Uh, so that there's that. Um, okay, before we get into our stuff here, what was your other any big preseason takeaway besides how awesome the Steelers are? Um, but I think everyone knows that, and – I talk about the Steelers too much on here. So what was your other biggest uh, takeaways from the preseason? I mean, I'm glad you got your Steelers out the way because they came in in great fashion this last week of preseason, dropping the 24-nothing burger on the on the Falcons. I'm going to go ahead and say, though, there's been a couple of preseason studs. Everyone's been talking about Aiden O'Connell and everything. But, I mean, there's also just been, you know, moments where you watch, for example, the Miami Jags game. Tua was playing in this game, folks. And Tua didn't look that bad. Tua looked like he was back on track and had all that jazz. He was throwing. He only did one. Yeah, he looked like he only did one or two drives. Skylar Thompson came in. Did not look too great, Colby. I'll admit that. Skylar Thompson is going to be the backup. Uh, They got Mike White now, right? Yes, they do. But he wasn't in the game. So I don't know how that tells you about Mike White. Also, about this game, Cole is Trevor Lawrence was in this game. And if I'm correct, I think, I yes, this is the game where he threw Calvin Ridley just an amazing pass, and he did, like, this backwards toe drag swag. So, Jags, man, they're going to be still lethal. I think the Dolphins are going to be all right and everything. That's pretty much the takeaway I got from that game. I think think the Dolphins especially, I think we are overlooking them. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's the whole two injury thing. It's the whole thing with the Dolphins. But yeah, I mean, I don't believe in them as much, but they do have a lot of talent and a good coach. So you you could probably write about a couple of those. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely like the trajectory of the rest of those teams, especially obviously Jacksonville, as we've talked about. Um, one of my teams that I like that I've actually kind of gotten more back in on is the Giants, and they only play their starters a little bit, but they coasted. I think Hyatt, the kid from Tennessee, has a chance to be pretty good. So that's hopefully at least another decent weapon for Jones if Waller's healthy. 
Like, I do think Daniel Jones is going to get better in year two with Dayball. So as much as I did feel like they were somewhat fluky last year, um, Thibodeau is going to be better. Like, their D-line still crazy. Like, I, I think the Giants are going to be pretty good, man, in the NFC. that divi- They're in the probably the toughest division in the NFC, unfortunately for them. But uh, I think the Giants are going to be pretty good again. Like, I do think Daniel Jones will improve. Yeah, see, these are this is the best thing about this last preseason week. I feel like most teams play to drive with their starters, unlike my team who didn't let Kirk Cousins out there and everything. Get to that 0 3 preseason later. Well, no, we'll get to it now. Uh, I'm very disappointed. We didn't start the starters at all for offense. So, big question to see what we got on there. I just want to see the, I hope there's no rust, but defensively, it looks like we will be in the good. I think we'll be going in the right direction. But that's not the thing I wanted to talk about. The next team, Colby, I wanted to bring up the Ravens, actually. They oh. lost another game. They lost another game. And guess what? It helps our Florida take even more. Remember, we did our predictions and we were like, the Ravens will struggle in most of their games in Florida. And it's just some weird trend that they have. Yeah, I think so. They lost this one. They lost this one in Tampa Bay. I mean, yes, it's a free Yeah. Game. Hey, Florida. Remember, this is the Ravens here. This is the Ravens here. They just lost their 24 25 game win streak in the preseason. They're, you would think that they would try and bounce back and start it back up. But luckily, yeah. For- uh, Maybe it's a sign of concern. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's time for ties are changing in Baltimore. I don't know. First losing re- re- preseason in a long time. I don't know. <laughs> Just some fun takes to have. <laughs> probably a little little hot take, but Christian uh, would be pretty upset with that. I don't disagree with all that. I think people are kidding. Like, I, I do think it's probably going to take a little bit for Lamar, like, to adjust to this new offense. Like, everyone's like, oh, I know, Christian, how much you hated Greg Roman. It's obviously very well documented, but I also don't know that Todd Munkin is just going to come in and be like this great offensive coordinator. He's coming from college. You know who else came from college? Matt Canada. So, um, like, I think it's going to be an adjustment. So I somewhat buy that. I will say the thing the Ravens, of course, have going for them is the NFL just always likes to give them a free, uh, basically a free win week one. They always get the weakest teams out of the gate. They get the uh, Texans, because remember, I had my rant about that before. When we're talking about the week one, they played all these easy teams. So they'll get to be 1-0. and So that's a nice little gift from the NFL. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh has to play the Niners, but whatever. That's here nor there. But I somewhat buy it. Somewhat buy it. There we go. It's just, I guess it's just a fun take to have, you know. We'll see what happens, you know, we, in the first couple of weeks. Maybe this is just, you know, they got to shake it off type deal. I mean, they did get put in check, technically, if you think about it. They lost that joint practice. They fought at joint practice. Sorry, I guess the commanders lost that game. I mean, maybe they're a little rattled. Who knows? Maybe their egos got put in check. I don't know. This is just fun little stories to come up with. Um, a team I really want to talk about, Colby, and these teams are two teams I think you like to talk about as well. Okay. Bills and Bills. The Bills and right. the Bills. Yeah, they played this weekend. Josh Allen played. And Justin Fields. Two things I got from that was Josh Allen. He came out, did what Josh Allen things. So I'm not. I kind of have to. Kind of got. I personally got put in check. But first, I'm happy about this one. Sorry, Justin Fields. Two for six. That's beautiful. Two for six for Justin Fields. Like the Justin Fields I know and everything. It was (laughs) like, hey, 
Kings. This is you know going through just a couple of uh, drives stalling out. This is the this is what we like to see in everything. So do I think it means anything? Obviously not. Because it's preseason, obviously. But it's just so good to see some old things coming back, Colby, <laughs> that we seen from last season. What are your thoughts on the Bills and Bears? Um, I mean, the Bills haven't really don't have too many thoughts, to be honest. It hasn't really changed my opinion of them. I think they'll probably take a slight step back, but probably still be good um, right in the mix for their division. Um, the Bears, yeah, I mean, they're improved. They have a lot of talent around fields now. But yeah, I mean, you know he's gonna have they're gonna have explosive plays and he's gonna have spectacular moments and score points, but it's just the consistency, like you said, and that might still be a concern. The North is gonna be tough for the Bears this year, man. I at first, like when the height of the offseason, I said I thought they're gonna make the playoffs. But the more I think about it, I do not think they will. That division alone is gonna be tough. I actually I do think the Packers are gonna be better than that. And so I'm just I'm continuing to be the Jordan Love defender. I think the Packers. I think the Packers are going to beat them Week One in Chicago. Jordan Love's going to outplay Fields. No, I'm glad you mentioned the Packers, Colby. I'm looking at their game right now. I was never watching it actually because obviously I'm watching the Jordan Love, trying to keep an eye out on this guy. Came out pretty solid, Cole, and everything. Reviewing his stat line here: nine for 15, 63, averaged seven yards a pass, but got the touchdown. Um, so look at this. This is something that disgusts me, folks. When I, I remember when I was watching this game, that <laughs> run game, the Packers' run game is just so solid. I got, we got like even their backups are just really good, like solid running backs. So, and I mean, you got to see that on both sides because guess what? They played the Seattle Seahawks. They got a young team just in general, and with a couple of vets, maybe one or two that sprinkled in there. So. It was a good little showing for the Packers' offense, in my opinion, just to see Jordan Love and all that. I'll give him some positivity there. I mean, Drew Locke out here trying to ball out. He's got to respect it as well on the Seattle side. But I think the main show was definitely still Jordan Love here on the Packers. And he did one thing right this preseason. I'll give him this. It's been – he's been solid throughout the entire time. Like, the numbers, yeah. I think, haven't been – numbers haven't changed, Colby. Like, I'm pretty sure it's been – like this the entire way nine nine for 15 not like literally <laughs> it's been good yeah it's nothing crazy nothing amazing it's just yeah good yeah it's they're, good. Not, they're, not, it's sh- they're not showing you everything you can do though i'm telling you they're gonna about <laughs> with malafour is not showing you his best stuff in the preseason like they it's not like jordan love was like battling for his job like whenever Rodgers went into the darkness, Jordan Love's been the starter literally since that moment. Uh, so, like, I'm telling you, they're going to un- uncork some stuff. I think they're going to beat Chicago week one. I think Jordan Love's going to have a pretty good year. And the biggest thing, just to finish with the Packers, why I believe in them, it's like you mentioned the running game. It's just O-line, man. It's, they have one of the 10 best O-lines easily. They just know how to draft offensive linemen. They're just so good at it. Half these, They don't even pick these guys in the first round, and they just develop them, and they turn out to be great O-linemen. The rest of the league, pretty much no other team is that good at it. Some others are good, but not like that. Them and the Pats, I guess. So, like, they have a really good O-line, and that's going to make Jordan Love's life a lot easier. Yeah, Um their O line, yeah, I was about to say, it's just when you have a good safety 
it's just the safeties. Like I said, it's nothing crazy of a stat line. It was just good. So it was nothing like, I can, you know, it's nothing stellar. I can't really put much on it. You know, it's just he's playing safe. They're playing it safe. Boring. And I know how boring it's probably going to be this season. It's going to be, it's going to be a very, I guarantee he's going to be a predictable offense. As long as he does good, though, everyone's going to be happy and everything. It's nothing going to be over the lid. I, I guarantee you that. There's probably going to be one or two passes a game, not like, you know, old Rodgers where you'll get four or five a game because he's going to be relying more on his uh, on his cast members. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of a, of a 49ers-based offense is what I'm saying. I mean, I think that's a good thing. So, yeah. Okay. Being fair to the Packers. Yeah. I like it. All right. Anyone else you want to talk about for the preseason? Uh, let's that's pretty much all I've got. Um, Before we get into the coaches. I think uh, – oh, actually, no, there it is. Found it. It is the Panthers Lions, Colby. Oh. Here we go. The only big – and this is the one concern I wanted to talk about here. Took Bryce Young three games to get his first touch, passing touchdown. Men's – it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a very I guess you could say it's gonna be a tough road probably for Bryce Young, the dirt behind that O line. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm in agree with you. That is one thing that is concerning and it's even though it is just preseason, like I think their O line is worse than I thought it was, and I knew it wasn't great, but it's it's pretty bad. They have a Quanu who I still think is gonna be a really good left tackle. But other than that, it's it's question marks. So yeah, I, I'm with you. It's I'm kind of thinking we were maybe a little high on the Panthers. Um, my Panthers optimism is decreasing, uh, just because I think poor little Bryce might get uh might get roughed up a little bit back there this year, and that's not the way you want to go with the small rookie quarterback, the small the smallest rookie quarterback ever, actually. They they like to be drafted that high. Yeah, that's the, that's the. That's the real kicker right there, right? Is that he is so short, and it's just like he's just getting swallowed. It just looks like he's just it's being not swallowed even, by them. And it's not even, too, just that he's short, but it's also like he's not, like, really stocky. Like, Baker Mayfield, he's only, like, 6'1". Like, Baker's not very – not a super tall for a quarterback, but he's, like, a little more stocky, a little more burly. He can take some of it. Bryce Young is, like – not, like, thin, obviously. He's a professional athlete, but he doesn't have, like, a big, sturdy frame either. Yeah, but he does have a good arm. I'll give him that. Like, oh, yeah. he does make, he make, like, you can see why they drafted him. Like, he, oh, does, yeah. have, he does have great arms out. Like, oh, oh, like sometimes you sit there, you're like, wow. And, like, the precision, too. If he was 6'3, mm-hmm. he would be, like, in the Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck class of, like, prospect. Because he's literally a perfect, like, shoulders up quarterback. It's just, he's, but he's so small. So he's not in that class of prospect. So that's a, that was probably my main interesting thing from there. It's just it took them that long, so it's going to be a going to be a little bit of a struggle, especially when C.J. Stroud he's been struggling as well in his preseason debut. But I feel like he's been getting busy. Um, Anthony Richardson he's been balling out. He's been, he had a story this week because he did the whole little fly Eagles fly at Philly when oh, he that's scored. So stupid. Oh come on, there was nothing to take away from that. It's just a fun. I think it was just for fun. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm not tell- saying Anthony Richardson is stupid. I'm saying the people that are mad about it are stupid. Yeah, who cares? It's a preseason game. He's literally a rookie. 
he only started 13 games in college. He's literally like still learning how to play quarterback. Like, yeah, now I'm with Dell. Out of the three, Cole, who are you more confident in? Stroud, Richardson, or Young after this preseason? Just to have a better start. There we go. Let me finish honest, it's not – I don't know that I've gained confidence in any of them. I guess – so I guess I would st- – I still have just – Stroud is, like, the safest. So Sh- Stroud oh. – Stroud, I still think – Stroud definitely does not have – Stroud has probably the lowest – definitely the lowest ceiling out of the three, I would say. But he also has the highest floor. Absolutely. Bryce Young, just because he's so small, he could get killed, crushed out there. And Anthony Richards is obviously so raw. But I don't think I've – my thoughts on Stroud have gone up this preseason. Anthony Richardson, I actually like some of what I've seen. I do think he's going to be a little better early than I thought. Like, I can't believe they're throwing him out there, though. But um, I guess I would still say Stroud. But Anthony Richardson, long-term, definitely has a high ceiling. And Bryce Young, man, I'm very – I was like, oh, he's the best quarterback. Like, I get it. I think he's going to be the best. But then I'm just like, the size thing with that O-line is concerning. So I'll still say Stroud, just because I feel like he's the safest, but Richardson potentially could take that after a few games. So right now I am looking at the way I feel, just the confidence from preseason for what I've shown. I only changed one thing, and I have more confidence in Richardson, actually, than I do have Stroud. That's fair. That's fair. Um, our boy Davis Mills is just putting up some decent – he's been putting up a decent show in the preseason – Go ahead. I'm going to give this one to. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Richardson though, because I mean he's been he's been working in Shane Steichen's office. I mean it's literally it's going to be pretty basic. They showed it and they were breaking it down. It was like they're running it out of the shotgun. They're just doing basic RPO stuff, just like they did year one with Jalen Hurts. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, this is going to be a good setup for the kid. So. I, I'm pretty excited. I'm a little more excited to see what Richardson has now after they broke it down like that. I was like, okay, this is going to be just year one day with Hurts, but, you know, like you said, a lot more of a raw talent, so he's probably not going to throw the ball as much. I can see him running a lot more of yeah, RPO, right. so <laughs> I can definitely see him running the right. ball. That's a very fair but argument. I'm still going to have Young at, at my, as my uh, number one. Oh, okay. like even though I was just commenting on his size and how he just struggled to get his first offensive, t- I think, passing touchdown. I don't know if he got a rushing one yet. But uh, I just want to say I'm going to have to believe in Young, man. He still has a decent receiving core there, some savvy bets like Thielen. Uh, I just got to believe, man. It's going to be a process for all these guys. But I'm going to still believe in that. I like what we're just saying. I like, like I was watching some of them those passes. And he was just putting him in the bucket sometimes, hitting on the target. It was just like, damn. That's just – imagine if they actually found a way to keep DJ more stiff going for this kid. And, but, you know, got to give up some to win some. So, yeah, honestly, I, I, I'm honestly a little a little on the fence between putting Richardson at number one after that speech. <laughs> it was a great speech. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't – I'll be honest. I'd take Kenny Pickett over all three of them at this point. From what we've seen so far, having seen him for a year, that's obviously unfair. But, um, but yeah, this is gonna be interesting to find out. Just say you take any ticket over all three of them at the moment. After what I've seen, I, hope so. I know. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. 
<laughs> we're not trying to talk about it, right? We're talking. We're gonna go ahead and sweep it under the rug. Yeah, there's been. Be you want to say, amazing catch by George Pickens. <laughs> that was good. Every week, I think every week he produced one amazing catch just to highlight and get us hyped for the season. That's what he does. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. You ready to hit these coaches? It's a good time to go ahead and do our coach recap here. All right, what we got this time? All right, so this is very similar to what we did with the interesting rankings. The top, it's one through thirty-two with groups. Um, it's Colby. This is the. It's called the coach confidence rankings, like we did with NBA. It's a little different because it's really just coach rankings, but they are ordered thirty-one to thirty-two, and they're in also in subgroups. Like before. So we'll see if you agree with my rankings. I, there's some you definitely won't agree with, but overall, I think it's pretty solid. All right. Here we go. Get the numbers down, but you can go ahead and get us started. All right. Perfect. We got 10 minute warning, so we'll get through the first part of this. All right. Group G. The last three, I just had to put at the bottom. It's just the newbies. It's number 32, Jonathan Gannon, number 31, Shane Steichen, and number 30, Tomiko Ryans. Just because they've never been a head coach before, I've literally never seen it. Um, I ranked them in the order that I liked them. I like Demico Ryan's the best out of all of them, and Steichen and Gannon. But I haven't seen it from any of them, so I just felt like they had to be at the bottom in their own group. Yeah, you know, unlike last year where we had a whole wave of new coaches yeah. and we had a separate segment <laughs> for that. Uh, this time around, we only got three. So it's because uh, too many jobs. And I, I, I at least respect having Demico Ryan's above them because you know. 49ers defense did have a solid reputation over the years that he was over there. So, all right. So, no complaints there. <laughs> no complaints. All right. Here we go. Now, into the guys we've actually seen coach. All right. Group F, not the guy. These are just bad head coaches. Number 28, Josh McDaniels. Number, or number 29, sorry. Number 29, Josh McDaniels. Number 28, Dennis Allen, two, uh, a current and former Raider coach there. And number 27, Todd Bowles. Um, I thought it was cool he got his second chance, he's getting a second chance with Tampa, but got a, it was not great. Didn't love what I saw from Todd Bowles compared to how they looked under Arians. Um, so those three, I just don't think there's any case they're really the guy. They'll probably be fired sooner rather than later. Um, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm out on all three of those. Jumping off shit. On Josh McDaniels, so as we should. I'm giving you a round of applause. You're right on that one. He's terrible. Let's not get burned again this year, but I feel like Colby, I feel like they might burn us for some reason. Some reason. That Aiden O'Connell kid, he's wearing that number four. If I'm a Raider fan, he's giving me hope. They're the Raiders. I'm, I'm just saying, if it's any team that's going to burn us, it's going to be them. I, that's, I'm going to say it right now. But besides that, I agree with these rankings. Crazy right. that you put Danny Allen over Josh McDaniels, though. I mean, it's a, it's a coin flip, you know. I <laughs> they're both pretty. I don't, love, I don't like either of them whatsoever at all. Okay. All right, now we're into some bigger groups here. All right, Group E, got to get better. This is a much larger group. And I had a lot of trouble ranking these guys, to be honest with you. You could, I mean, the, the, I feel like this is they're all in the right group. They all belong together. But, you know, the order, you can put them however you want. But this is how I had them. All right, number 26 at the bottom, Matt Eberflus. Look, I like Matt Eberflus, but he won three games in his first year as the head coach. So going to need to see some improvement there. 
Number 25, Robert Sala. I almost thought I would have him higher when I did his rankings, but then as I was going through the names, I was like, can't put Sala above over any of these guys. Number 24, number 24, former JMU defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. Um, also, like, you know, the game management stuff, some of the decisions have been very questionable. Even though he made the playoffs last year, it ended in horrible fashion. There's all the pressure on Brandon Staley. I couldn't put him any higher. 23, a guy that everyone loves, but come on, we got to get some winning at some point. Ron Rivera, 23. 22, Kevin Stefanski. Had that great first year with the Browns, but hasn't done much since. And number 21 and number 20 coaches I really like. 21, our guy, Arthur Smith. And at number 20, America's sweetheart, Dan Campbell. At the top of Group E, got to get better. Okay. Okay. Group E, got to get better. Hold on here, sir. Whew. So uh, the, the solo one, that defense, man, it's going to probably prove you wrong these next couple of weeks. I mean, let's remember, they were doing pretty well. He had dealt with – he just did not handle his quarterback situation well at all last season. And now he's pretty much getting fought out and everything. I think you also heard a little bit of James' voice. That's what I was saying because we never on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. He was on here pretty much ranting about how much he doesn't like Robert Sala. So, <laughs> um, no, he just doesn't believe in it. That's what, at least that. He doesn't believe what he's selling. Um, but the main flag for me, Colby, was Kevin Stefanski. Um, I feel like you should at least put him above these guys and everything, at least at number eight, at number 20. I mean, besides the fact that he got coach of the year, let's remember the fact that he dealt with, he's dealing with this Deshaun Watson thing last season, as best as he did and everything. And now he's done really well, I think, in this offseason. Did he do a great job dealing with the Deshaun Watson stuff? Uh, maybe. But, I mean, that's fair. So you think Stefanski should be out of this group and higher? No, just that's funny. I'm not going to say out of this group because okay. I learned my lesson about taking coaches out of groups too early. So he should be but, a, uh, our guy, Arthur Smith, and America's sweetheart, Dan Campbell, you think? I believe in him. Yes. Kevin Stefanski. I mean, it, when you go, when you talk about the Browns offense and you talk about just the Browns as a whole, he brought them a solid identity. They have a good defense. And they run a simple offense through the run game. I mean, that's what they did at Minnesota. That's what we. That's what he did at Minnesota when he ran his offense. He just made it as simple as possible. And then if you had a guy that took the lid off, take it off. So I just, I just had a, li- a little bit more bias for Stefanski, as you can see, to get him up there. No, that's fair. I mean, that's that's a fair case. Like I said, that's a tough group to rank because they've all accomplished accomplished different levels of things. Uh, but at the same time, there's question marks about all of them. None of them have really won at a high level recently. So I mean, Stefanski won a playoff game. Yeah, that's that's about the best of the group because Ron Rivera hasn't won anything in quite some time. He's the only one that has like a resume of winning stuff as a head coach. So yeah, yeah. So. All right, so we'll see if there's anyone that's above this group that you think should have been lower. But I doubt there will be. Okay, let's see it. All right, Group D. This will be the last one, then we'll do the next meeting. Group D, smaller group. It's just fine. Group D, fine. These three, you know, these coaches, they're good, I guess. They're solid. Number 19, Frank Reich. I have been, as I've said many times, think he got a raw deal in Indianapolis. He had a different quarterback literally every single year. 
never got the chance to grow and build anything. I think he's a very good coach and will, or a good coach, will do well in Carolina. 18, Mike McCarthy, got to respect what he's done the last couple of years winning, but the game management stuff is still a major concern. And I don't think anyone is a loaded team. But I don't know if anyone's putting McCarthy above any of the rest of these guys. And at the top of Group D, fine, number 17, lowest he would have been on this list the last few years, Sean McDermott. I have some concerns about Sean McDermott, the Stefan Diggs thing, the saying I'm very concerned, and then the next day being like it's nothing. That's not great. I have some questions about Sean McDermott. Even though he just got the extension, I think there's a ton of pressure. Um, so he's at the top of Group D5. Um, yeah, all right. So I'll get a quick response here. Two-minute drill, Barry. All right. Frank Reich will probably be the one coach, I would say, Colby, unfortunately. Even though he, you're right, he did not get a fair chance. Yeah. But I think he would be the one coach that probably lower. That's about it. Maybe the one. Mike McCarthy, I think both those coaches, between McDermott and McCarthy, they're very concerned, like he said. Um, it's just, especially when you consider Mike McCarthy taking over the offensive play calling yeah, as well. Yeah, on top. That's a concern. <laughs> yeah, I think on top of that, so and Sean McDermott, I think he's doubling down on defensive call play calling now too. They announced so. Yeah, it looks like we, both these guys are trying to put their hand more of a hand on these team on their teams, have more of an influence. So they're taking more of a bigger role instead of everything in one department instead of the whole team. It's gonna be interesting, Cole, for both these coaches. I think. uh they don't deserve to be an E, yes, because of their success. But, yeah, no, they're definitely in the very concerned. That's why I would have listed <laughs> these guys on it. <laughs> All right. No, that's a good name. That would have been better. <laughs> I love it. All right, Jalen, next group. This one has the best name out of all the groups, definitely. Um, although, to be fair, two of the guys don't technically fit under this name, but the general theme applies. So this is Group C. The McVeigh Shanahan Institute of Offensive Genius. Uh, and you know where most of these guys are coming from, except for, again, two. Number 16, Mike McDaniel. Great first year in Miami. Um, Want to see more, but excellent start. Number 15, your guy. I love him, Kevin O'Connell. Um, again, only one year, so tough to put him above some of these other guys. But excellent start so far. I think he's a terrific coach. Very smart. Offensively creative. Number 14, the quarterback whisperer himself, Brian Dayball, turned this Giants dumpster fire around in short order, great offensively. And then these three guys, the uh, three who have accomplished the most, Matt LaFleur, number 13, has won a whole lot of games. 12, Nick Sirianni just made it to the Super Bowl. And 11, Zach Taylor of those Bengals. Even though some people question Zach Taylor, he's very good play call or very crafty offense. And he's won a bunch of games. He's won the AFC and lost a thriller in the AFC Championship the last two years. He is at the top of Group C, the McVay-Shanahan Institute of Offensive Genius. Even though Sirianni and Dayball came from different coaching trees, the rest of those guys did get degrees from the Institute. Uh, it's a realistic put-in-place check for the Vikings right here. KOC being 15. I like it, not going to lie. And I like McDaniels being at 16 as well and everything. I actually like it. I think I like this list a lot. If there would be any argument I would make, it would probably be for Sirianni 
just because right now he is going through a point where he lost both his coordinators, and yet his team looks the same still, wow. and they are still We'll see. Yes, but I mean, that's fair. It only takes so long. That's true. You can only take so much from preseason, but I mean, I feel like he has uh, great presence in the locker room. Uh, the team follows. I mean, he got Kelsey back and everything. I think he he was a big selling piece part of that and everything. He had to have some part of some 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 say in that. Jesus cannot speak. Um, and as of Zach Taylor, like you said, there's more questions around him and everything. I feel like. We see how good the Bengals are when there isn't Joe Burrow and everything. And so that's how much more limited that offense turns into, how much he just holds back his offense. And then once he has Joe Burrow, he does just let it go and everything, which is fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to discredit that. So only argument would be Sirianni probably above Zach Taylor and Dable over the floor. Okay, those are both very fair arguments. I I could live with those. Okay, all right. I feel like I've done pretty well so far then. I'm glad you haven't found anything too egregious. This group, you might not love the rankings, but I think it's the right bunch of guys. Group B, elite coaches. These are guys who elevate their teams. They are the most stable part of their franchise. Um, they are the key piece in pretty much most of their situations. Number 10. Got to give him his props. I wouldn't have had him this high last year. But Pete Carroll reminded everyone how great of a coach he is, what he can do for a culture building, culture settle. Pete Carroll deserves to be called elite. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame when he hangs it up. Um, He's a terrific coach. He's number 10, even though he's an old guy. Number nine, back from his hiatus, Sean Payton. I do agree with Christian that he's slightly overrated, but I don't think to the degree Christian is. I still have him in the top 10. He's an offensive mastermind and is a terrific coach. Expect he'll stabilize Denver a good bit. Number eight, Mike Vrabel, the ultimate motivator, the guy who ended Brady and Belichick in their building. Um, yeah, like it's Mike Vrabel. He's the alpha. He's the only thing. If it wasn't for Mike Vrabel, I think most people would think Tennessee would just bottom out and be one of the worst, could be one of the worst teams in the league this year. But Vrabel's not going to let that happen. He's too terrific of a coach. So he's number eight. Number seven. Ding some points because of his QB mishap, Kyle Shanahan. Look, he's still the boy genius. He's still obviously been to the last two NFC championship games and half the league's trying to replicate his offense. So he still deserves to be super high on this list, but he doesn't have the hardware of every single guy above him. And that is why I did not put him any higher on this list. Number six, John Harbaugh. I mean, what do you want me to say? He's the terrific coach. They're always viable, always good. He's excellent. Number five, though, just above him, the guy who's literally never been below 516 years, of course, my guy, Mike Tomlin. Even though he hasn't had the playoff success recently, Harbaugh hasn't really either. Both of them do need to get some playoff wins at some point. But in terms of just stabilizing and elevating their team, their franchises, they're both terrific. I have Tomlin slightly above. Maybe that's just two buys. All right, number four. Maybe some people would say this is too high, but I think you'll agree with me on this one. Doug Peterson. The man beat Belichick in a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and outfoxed him, no less. Um, Let's see. He comes into a situation where, yes, he did have Trevor Lawrence, but they had, like, the worst coach last year and were a mess. He fixed it, turned the culture around. I thought he should have never been fired by the Eagles. It ended up working out for them. They got Sirianni, and they're great now. But 
yeah, Dougie P, I've always thought he's a terrific coach. That was what a get by Jacksonville. So I have him number four. And number three, at the top of elite coaches, Sean McVay. You can say that's too high because of this year, but come on. You can't also deny that he's been to two Super Bowls in the last five years when none of those guys below him besides Peterson have been to a Super Bowl in the last five years. And he's been to two with two different quarterbacks, 1-1. Yes, last year was bad, but he still is going to elevate their offense. He He's the he's still, to me, the ultimate offensive uh, young coach in the league. Um, so he's still, even though last year was bad, he absolutely deserves to be at the top of this group because I, I would take him over all the rest of these guys in a, in a vacuum. His, his team situation is worse right now than all those guys, like his roster. But just in a vacuum, he's the best. Who's Who's <laughs> okay, okay. First of all, I do agree having Nick Day up high. Okay. Okay, I do agree with that. Because remember, that, that was also him and the GM's decision to say F them picks and go all in like, yeah. like they did. That's true, but I feel uh, like it's for the GM. But yeah. Um. But anyways, we got to see what Sean McVay does this season. I feel like because they, like I said, I just can't get over that stat that they had over the first training camp week that they had, where it reported like thirty rookies or something like that because they were undrafted. <laughs> all of those guys are making the team, but yeah, yeah, none of the we don't know if they all made the team, but that's just how many guys they had at the tryout. It was just an insane amount. So I just think. I just think it's going to be a, it's still going to be a big challenge. You got an aging quarterback in Stafford. He's probably on his last legs, and now you got this task of not only the fact that you got rid of all the rumors of you retiring, so you could go to TV and everything, and that you're just going to stick with the game itself. But now you're just going to, you know, have to pretty much take an old Stafford and see if you can ride him off into the sunset, even though you already got your ring, like you said. So. Does he deserve to be out there, Colby? Yes. I, I do agree with that. However, I'm with you guys on Sean Payton. You have to remember that man did some dirty things to get by. It's <laughs> great things, but he also did dirty things in my eyes. So True. I actually, True. especially the, the way Pete Carroll got this, he has the second round of his Legion of Boom, it seems like. Wow, he's literally that's trying. That's so crazy. He, they got to prove it. He's trying to, though. Yeah, yeah? Like, he's, he's in the right direction. Job. Yeah, he's got the, you know, he's got Tariq Wollin to start, you know. So, he, he, obviously, there's a couple other players, but I just can't think of them off the top of my head right now. But I think Carroll's doing a great job at Seattle. Like, I really love what he's doing over there, making them buy in the Geno Smith as well and everything, re-motivating Geno Smith, giving him this second champ and second second life, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think Sean Payton's going to do that with Russ, like like uh, Pete Carroll's done here with Geno. I think that's going to be something to keep comparing over there between Seattle and Denver, um, especially when you have these two coaches right next to each other. Uh, completely agree with Rabel. Uh, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with the rest of this list, actually. Um yeah, because without Frabel and yeah, without him on the Titans too, what would they be? That is a great point. Uh, docking Shanahan that low? Don't worry, Colby. We might dock him a little lower after the season. Ooh, That's all I want to say. I, like about it. That. I think I'm going to be more with you. I don't. The Niners aren't going to be the team we fight about this year like last year. I think I'm going to be more with you on the Niners this year. Um, we'll see. Okay. I'm glad you. I, I like that you had 
interesting you want Pete Carroll to be a little higher. You might be right on that. Um, okay, and then just quickly at the end, Group A, the GOATs. Number two, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. But he's not number one because it's the offensive era, and number one is, of course, the guy who just won the Super Bowl, Andy Reid. I don't think you can, if you want to say Belichick's one, fine. But what have you done for me lately? Andy Reid, number one, Belichick, two. Those guys are just – those are literally legends of the game at this point. So they deserve to be at the top. Yeah, I mean, there's no really argument there. I mean, the fun arguments came beforehand. Maybe you argue that Belichick – I mean, he is technically on the hot seat, so maybe you argue. I don't know if that's real. I mean, just because of your resume, you're just putting him up there. I understand, but yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it works out. We'll see how he does this season. All right. All right, that's my list. The coach confidence rankings. I love a good list. I'm glad you uh, didn't find anything too ridiculous. Yeah, nothing too ridiculous here. I, I was about to say. If I'm looking through one last time, what would be the greatest off-the-wall person you have so high up or too low? Hmm. <laughs> I Brandon Staley, honestly. Too low, you think? Maybe. Maybe Brandon Staley. No. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's done some questionable things, but you have to remember, <laughs> this team has been in the playoffs. What? Two for two underneath Brandon Staley? No. Just have it won? No, the last, this was the last year's their first year. In the playoffs. Oh, they're in the first year. Oh, yeah, he's one for two. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you blew that one. You blew that one, buddy. Never mind. You can keep him there. Yeah, I, got, <laughs> I was about to say, because nothing really jumps off the page on the, for me. Maybe to the other person, maybe they'll argue for, they'll probably argue for Dan Campbell and everything. I can see them arguing for him. Maybe Sala. Maybe. I don't think so. I like this list, Colby. It's a great list. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel good. I appreciate it. All right, Shaylin. So that was a good little segment. All right. So our last thing we got here, it's just the classic. We've been hitting it lately, but it's a great. It's just a fun, great segment to speed through some takes. And it's, of course, the QB spinner. The return, it's back. We're going to hit some QB spins a few rounds and ride out the rest of this meeting. And then oh, yeah. next time we talk, it'll be almost time for real games. Okay, Colby, you ready to get this thing going? Oh, yes. Just gotta, I'm like, ready. Hang on. I got to make it post, I think, so you can oh, share. It's all good. I did. I'm going to show you the result. <laughs> you want to go first or second? It's going to be our, our real decider here. Um, I went first last time, so you can go. I'll go second this time. Um, You can start. I just made you the host, so you can show me, share the wheel with me. You're keeping the same ones out well, that we did recently? Oh, yeah. No, they're still out. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. This is our first spin of the day. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell. Right, I got Aiden O'Connell right off the bat. Um, hang on, take him off the list there. And Colby, remember, it takes a little minute for us to get through these spins. Yeah. Spin, you go ahead and think about your Aiden O'Connell uh, topic. Trevor. Oh, okay. Trevor Lawrence. All right. So I got Aiden O'Connell. Let's talk about it. We've seen him for the last three weeks. And uh, he's been pretty electric, man. They gave him the number four, and he's giving a lot of hope for the Raiders whenever Garoppolo goes down. Um, if he goes down, I'm not saying he will, but it's uh, kind of the reputation thing at this point. Um, the negative is when he does get put in, you're the savior. You're, you're already rocking that number four. 
you're supposed to be the hope. You're there. You're already coming in with high expectations. I feel like for the Raiders fan. So, yeah, that's what I got for uh, Aiden O'Connell. What you got, Colby, for Trevor? All right, that's pretty good. Um, all right, for Trevor, I mean, the positives are literally endless. You're the greatest prospect since Andrew Luck. You have one of the top five coaches in the league, in my opinion. You've got an improved team around you. And I'll just say the biggest plus is you have an easy division that you are by far the best quarterback and you have by far the best team around you. So you should coast. The negative is you people are expecting it. You're the pressure. You better do it or there are people are going to be coming for you. And the other, I guess, semi-negative is also I hate to be a downer because I do love the Jags and I love the jerseys and they're just a fun franchise, but they don't have a great history of long sustained success. It's kind of just a few years here and there where they had an awesome year, but they weren't really able to sustain it. So that would be the concern. That is true. The history of the Jags can always be a problem, Colby. I mean, it is the hype around those Jags is so awesome right now, though. You got to admit, when it's there, it's there. All right, next spin. And we were just talking about. The- Talking to buy some time. I got Anthony Richardson. I was just talking about him earlier. Looks like they knew. It was kind of scary. (laughs) Hey, I was listening to our conversations. Giving us uh, generated spins. I promise you we're spinning, folks. As the next one is, don't tell me it is Josh Allen, Colby. All right. So let's see here. I was just talking about Anthony Richardson. And the thing is about Anthony Richardson is, like you were talking about earlier, actually, Colby, the ceiling is just incredibly high. I mean, you can just have a fever dream just thinking about how much you can do. But you have to think of the reality. And the negative is you are such a raw talent. We do have a script from you about what you've done in at Florida, right? Or is it Miami? Florida. You're now you're right, Florida. Oh, uh, yeah. So we did at Florida, you know, so we do know how much you did struggle that year. Um so, yeah, I was about to say, you got a the good side is you're a young kid. Everyone has great optimism for you. You got, you know, you obviously got your legs. You can run everywhere. The problem is, can you prove you have to prove it with your arm in this league? That's probably the, the downside. All right. That's pretty good. Um, All right. Uh, Josh Allen, positives. I'll just go. I'll go quicker on this one. You're still obviously in uber-talented quarterback with a pretty good team, and you don't have – well, there's still pr- a lot of pressure. You don't have as much hype of everyone picking you to win the Super Bowl. Um, people are kind of down on you a little bit because of how last year went. The negative is, is there's obviously the Stephon Diggs drama. There's people doubting you. There's questions. They haven't been moving in the right direction. So there's a lot of blow-up potential that it could go from bad to worse if things start sliding. Um, so that's the downside. Yeah, Josh Allen, he's in a peculiar spot this off, this season, especially because of all the offseason drama. I got Russell Wilson on that first spin, folks. That's why there was a damn in that voice there. <laughs> uh, I hope Coley gets something just as interesting, just as fun on this next spin. And here we go. What do we got? Gets Stroud. Okay. okay. So Russell Wilson... And C.J. Stroud, okay. Russell Wilson, look, man, you supposedly got the QB whisperer there. You are 
supposedly Hall of Fame quarterback back in Seattle before your last season at Seattle. Everyone says you have done these great things. You do all these motivational things on on social media. You are really good dude. The bad thing is you're not a good dude on the football field lately, man. <laughs> you're really not. You have not been performing on the field. Uh, you got to figure it out. You got to. And now you have Sean Payton. You don't figure it out. Sure, you're looking like, yeah, I got this amazing contract and everything. Don't worry, they'll figure it out, bud. You, they'll figure out a way to get rid of it. You don't want if you don't succeed. So, yeah, that is uh, that is my Russell Wilson take. Very grim, <laughs> very grim, but slightly optimistic. Wow, that was good. I thought that was very fair. Um, all right, C.J. Stroud. Positives are it's a fresh start for everyone. It's a first year coach, first year quarterback, so they're at least on the same timeline there. Um, you've got a chance to start fresh and build a new culture in Houston. And the biggest positive, it's while you're on the Texans still, you actually have two pretty good tackles. Tunsil's obviously one of the best in the league, and um Titus Howard, their right tackle, is pretty good too. So that's a positive. The downside is you were playing at Ohio State where you had all NFL top-level receivers burning people uh, and dudes wide open, and it's not going to be like that at all in the NFL, and you're probably going to have some really, really rough games early. Yes, yeah, I was about to say, it is going to be a long, a long, treacherous road for C.J. Stroud. Um, that we were just talking just, about that not so long ago. You just got Sam Darnold. I petition that we, you yeah. don't do Sam Darnold. Oh, McCoy! You got Colt McCoy. That's fine. I'll do Colt McCoy. <laughs> do we really have to talk about Sam Darnold again? We already talked. Mentioned him once. I briefly. We met. Okay. Mentioned, all right. Go ahead. Do Sam Darnold then. Go ahead. Do Sam Darnold. Did I have mentioned him anyways? Go. Um, <laughs> all right. So Sam Darnold. Coming in at number two for the 49ers. As you can see, he beat out Colby's boy, Trey Lance. You can hear the bitterness in his voice. Um, Sam Darnold, you got, you're getting at, you're literally being asked, you won the job that you wanted. You wanted to be a backup in a nice quarterback friendly environment. You got it. Now, whenever you do play, they expect you to play well and everything. So you got what you wanted. That's the positive. And now that you got what you wanted, you got people like Colby who are going to be already doubting you. And you got to prove them, bud, or else you're going to probably be a forever backup. That's pretty much it. I just want the record known that stated that I gave Sam Darnold a fair chance. I did believe in him, like him as a prospect. And I did think on the Panthers he could turn his career around, and he did not. So that's my little rebuttal, but, you know, good take. Um, All right, Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy. The positives. The positive is obviously, did anyone in their right mind I mean, think that Colt McCoy would be a week one starter in the year 2023? I know I would have not believed that if you would have told me that certainly a year ago, probably even like five, six years ago. Um, that's wild. So shout out to him for, you know, having this chance still. The negatives is your team is tanking. You're definitely the worst week one starter in the league. No disrespect, at least the least upside. And your team is off. So that's the downside. You're probably going to spend most of these starts, your last little hurrah here, just getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, 
Colt McCoy, he's going to, it's literally going to be a tough last hoorah. But if he's, he wins games, Colby, like if he goes out and beats the commanders week one, it's going to be wild. All right, we got ourselves a good one on this spin run, on this round. Uh, before we, we got one more, I guess, before we wrap up. What'd you say? Right. Yeah, that's good. All right, here we go. We got, I got the Stafford in the final spin here, not final one, but this spin here gave you Dak Prescott, Colby. All right. So Stafford and Prescott. I'm going to go ahead, Stafford. Look, you're coming back. I already mentioned it earlier. Try and get that last ride, man. Go for that last ride. I vote. I, I, if there's anyone that has to do it this season, it'll probably be you. Get that, get that last one, man. Go ahead and try and chase that last one. Can you do it? This is where your negative is, and it's you just have taken so many hits, Stafford. You, you've done so much for this league, for the Lions especially. I mean, you sacrifice so much. So all I'm saying is. If you can be on that field, man, you'll probably be electric. Just try to stay on the field as best as you can. That's probably the main. That's probably a both positive and negative. All right, that was good. I like that. Okay, all right, Dak. Um, positives, you might have the best defense in the league, and your roster is still much better than most of the teams in your conference, and you're better than most of the quarterbacks in your conference. So you're not going to be bad. That, I wouldn't say. As long as Dak is healthy, I think there's no chance the Cowboys are bad. The negatives is Mike McCarthy is now going to be calling your plays instead of Kellen Moore, in addition to his management things that we talked about during the coach segment. So I think that has the potential to go very badly wrong, and that could hurt the Cowboys a lot. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, pure disbelief here in, uh, at the studio. Sorry, as we have Jordan Love <laughs> just been selected on our final round of the day. Perfect. <laughs> of course, Perfect. he's given to me, uh, Colby. We might be seeing our first QB spinner trade. I would have loved to do Jordan Love. On second thought, you can keep. Jones, that's okay. I'll be back. That's a good one. All right. Jordan Love and Mac Jones, the in today's QB spinner. And everything. Um, all right. I feel like both these guys are kind of kind of similar, similar air, similar air here. But for Jordan Love, the positives are you did pretty well this preseason, and you just happen to be a consistent quarterback to give these Packer fans hope that they can at least win seven to eight games. We'll see if you can get to the nine and ten. The negative is, man, is it's so predictable right now what you can do. Hopefully, can you can you take that lid off? I'm already I doubt you can, but can you do give us that spectacular factor that we've seen from I don't know previous Packers quarterbacks? So that is that is going to be and that's going to be something that's just going to be floating above Jordan Love for a minute. I just feel like in general until he just proves that. He doesn't need to do that. So, but until then, that'll be your negative. All right, that's a pretty good one. I think that's a fair evaluation, even though the Packers are going to definitely be better than you think. Um, Okay. (laughs) All right, Mac Jones, the positives, you now have a real offensive coordinator as opposed to that whole situation you had last year. So just on that alone, you should improve significantly. And – you know, I still think and you're going to have Belichick coaching your defense. So that's the positives. Uh, the negatives is you have 
as bad of weapons as anyone in your conference, and your ceiling is pretty low compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks in your conference. Um, so there's not going to be a ton of juice, I don't think, with their uh, over-the-top offense. Yeah, I was about to say, Mac Jones is, uh, that's a fair take. I was about to say, Mac Jones is going to see how, if it, like I said, both these guys almost in the same air. We'll see who can go, who's going to be the one to take the lid off first, right, Colby? Who's going to do it first? Who's more likely, in your opinion? Oh, sorry. Out of Jordan Love or Mac Jones? Yeah. Take the, oh, Jordan Love. The Packers have way better weapons than the Patriots. Interesting. I would have said Mac Jones. No. He's going to cork one. You're going to be surprised. Oh, well, no. I guarantee you it's going to be something cheesy. I guarantee you it'll be like, oh, you did a little pass back to Jordan Love. And the receiver, he's just so happy to be polite to fuck over and he's naked. And Jordan Love still underthrows him, but it's a touchdown. It's okay. like, oh, yeah. Stop it. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Down, We're going to see here in about two weeks. I'm going to be proven right on Jordan Love. I've become the king of the, the leader of the Jordan Love defenders. One of my coworkers, we did our fantasy football draft the other day. And he was just telling me, talking about how Jordan Love is going to be terrible. I'm like, okay, I'm just telling you right now, he's not going to be terrible. But anyway. The Bears and – no, 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 no. They play the Bears and the Falcons. That's two teams. They're going to those games. They're going to be 2-0. Uh-huh. I'm calling my shot right now. The Packers be 2-0. Whew, that's going to break a lot of Chicago fan hearts and Desmond Ritter wagon. Call it like I see it, man. I have no hatred for the city of Chicago, and I like. I hope the Bears are good, but I'm just calling it like well, I Well, when you say they lose, they do the other thing that you, you say, Colby. So if anything, it just means that it's time for me to double down on the Bears here. You know what? Week one again. Very fair point. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an interesting game this whenever it does happen. Let's be real. So, all right, Colby. We have made it to the end of our segment and everything. A little quick run through of that, which you went over the preseason. Talk about Trey Lance. Jonathan Taylor only has two days to figure out, you know, his ish. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do a quick matchmaker for him? Um, can we just each say one? I want to do a ton of yeah, that. That's why I said quick. Yeah, it's just one. Because he only has two days, so he doesn't get much off. I mean, so the two big ones that people are saying is Miami and Buffalo would make – I mean, those make the most sense. I mean, I'll say Miami because I definitely think Miami could just be like, screw it, especially if they might not pay Tua anyway with because of his injuries. And then they maybe just start over with another rookie contract quarterback with just a super team. I'll say Miami. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. <laughs> I was going to yeah, go to Miami. Right. I mean, it feels that they said the Dolphins made an offer. So, like, that's the one that's out there. Yeah, that was, it's like I said, it's super quick. We're not going to go to a That was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. So, hang on. I'm trying to work my Zoom here and everything, folks. So I'm, uh, oh, did that work? I don't know if it did. It didn't work. All right. Colby, 
I'm messing up our final transition and, and everything. Yeah. So it is time for our final thoughts. Go ahead and take it away, man. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah. My final thoughts. I'm going to actually go to your wheelhouse. I'm going to go uh, back to basketball and talk about the FIBA team and Anthony Edwards, who we haven't talked about because we've been all football has been balling for team USA in this little FIBA tournament. He's been the best player there. And I'm just very excited to see him take another step. I think he's going to be one of the best Ted players maybe in the league by then in next year. He has a chance to do that. That's how special he can be. And I hope the Timberwolves figure out how to build around him. They already made the horrible mistake with the Gobert trade, obviously, which was just atrocious. But hopefully they can make some other moves to supplement that and still build around Anthony Edwards. Because I want to see him win to some degree in Minnesota and be on a good team because he's awesome. He is awesome. And, Colby, you're so right about that final thought. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm watching him. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm seeing him. Talk about Eric Spolstra, Steve Kerr, and everything. <laughs> Having a great time. Meanwhile, I scroll literally the next thing I scroll underneath. It's Rudy Gobert's face looking devastated and shocked that he just lost a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting here like, you can't be serious. You can't be fucking like, like the series of events, man, that just transpired. Um, My final thought is we are finally Colby. Of course, I'm like to make it cheesy and all that jazz about how we're getting closer to the football season. But we didn't mention this at all, which is very surprising. How was football started yesterday? Oh, yeah. Um, it was all, everyone's little scrappy games and everything, you know, little beatdowns. I'm pretty sure JMU, they start this Thursday. Uh, this week. I, I think it's just Saturday, but I might be wrong on that. Let me check. It's, everyone's got weird times. I know that. I know everyone's got weird times. Start. Let's see. Uh, yeah, September second. No, I think that's oh, no. that's Saturday. I think. Let me double check. Yes, so yeah, they got a Saturday. So yeah, but yeah, I was about to say college football's back. Everyone's every, some teams played there already. They're all you know warm up game type deal and stuff like that. Others are getting ready to kick it off this week. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh. Is. I don't know how how deep I'm gonna be watching college football this season. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Me either. <laughs> so I was gonna say yeah, we don't know. We don't know where it goes from there, right? Cold. We don't. It's college football. Anything can happen. But I haven't heard too much rumblings about Colorado from down here. But all I know is just like how football's in the air. <laughs> Hopefully, this was in the air and it was some good stuff. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And then besides that, have a good one, y'all.